Hi, my name is Chanel Otley Allen, and you're listening to Caribbean Boot Stories. Welcome. There's never been a podcast that focuses on Caribbean women from all walks of life, narrating their journey of giving birth, navigating self-care postpartum, and parenting across our beautiful region. Now there is. Caribbean Boot Stories is committed to providing a space for honest, non-judgmental conversations, fostering a supportive community of listeners, inspired to share and act on the resources born out of every episode. Do enjoy. Caribbean Boot Stories crew, gather round. In today's episode, I feature a guest very close to home, my sister-in-law, Jana Sylvain. I've been very blessed to have gained two sisters by marriage, Jana and Patrice. And listen to me, these women can reproduce. Boy, between them, I've also gained nine nieces and nephews. Every family gathering is no less than 16 of us. Coming from a small family of four, this took some getting used to. But anyway, I digress. Today's episode is part of a special feature highlighting the young veterans. These mothers aren't baby boomers, but have children who are preteens or young adults. Jana is a mother to five girls and also a grandmother to a two-year-old. Her story is unique because she's given both in Jamaica and in the United States, therefore offering a comparative perspective on pregnancy and the birthing experience in both countries. I do look forward to hearing the differences that exist as many women in the Caribbean choose to have their children outside of the Caribbean for various reasons. I will do my best to keep Jana to time as she is the perfect storyteller and boy does she have stories. (laughs) Without further ado, hi Jana. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. Let's start with just getting the facts out there, right? So how old were you when you first became a mother? When I first became a mother, I was 21 years old. Right. And so you, like I mentioned in the introduction, you have five girls. What are their ages? If you can remember. (laughs) I was like, oh no. All right. So let's see. 24, 21, 16, soon to be 15, and soon to be 11. Right. Nice. So tell me, how would you describe your journey to motherhood? That first time you became a mother, how was that journey? Well, okay. So think of the biggest, windiest roller coaster out there. That pretty much sums it up. But... Okay. <laughs> um, my journey, really, honestly, my journey to motherhood, it was, it was pleasant. I mean, I got a lot of information that being a first-time mother probably wasn't the best information at the time. All right. Like, so tell me some, you, yeah. Okay, so you're pregnant, you need to eat for two. Okay. Trust me, I was eating for two. <laughs> And, you know, stuff like that. But um, were there any typical Jamaican things that were said to you? Maybe your aunt or your grandmother or even your mother may have said, you know, 
This, there, this I is- mean, there are lots of things out, out there that they tend to tell young mothers, especially in the Jamaica and the Caribbean, that I don't necessarily subscribe to. Right. I, my Bible was what to expect when you're expecting. So I use that as my guide. The only thing that I probably adopted was eat for two. Yeah, right. make sure you eat for two because you're taking care of a child. La, 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 and constantly yeah. eating. That's the only advice that I took that was not good advice. But right, yes. Outside of that, everything else, I did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. As I told you, I used that book as my Bible. And... Um, I was fortunate to have a very good doctor. Dr. Frederick was his name. I know you have five girls, but tell me, how many did you have in Jamaica and how many in the U.S.? So I had two in Jamaica, my first two in Jamaica, and my other three here in the U.S. Okay. And of those five deliveries, Mm -hmm. is there one that's the most memorable, um, that stands out for whatever reason, um, for you? Well, um, I would probably still say my first one because that was my first experience actually having a child. So So tell me a little bit about, describe that birthing experience. So like, did your water break? Kind of give me a rundown of what happened. So um, my daughter was originally due to come in July. My mother threw a a 21st birthday party for me, and I was quite a size. Nonetheless, I was on the floor jamming, dancing to soca. And my husband at the time said to me, "Um, Jan, I think you need to, you know, slow down a little bit. And I'm like, no, I have time. I'm enjoying myself. The exercise is good. La, 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 la. Right. And your birthday is actually in June. My birthday is in June, June 13th. Right. right. Mm-hmm. The party was on the 15th because it was that weekend. Right. The Saturday night. And um, needless to say, we left my mother probably about one o'clock that morning. First child, no backpack. Uh-oh. Just, you know, you know I, I have time, right? Yeah. So what's the rush? Anyway, went home. Took my shower and everything and laid down. And then here came the contractions. Oh, God. And they just started. I mean, it wasn't a typical Braxton Hicks. Mm-hmm. It was a lot stronger, a lot closer. And then I was like, yeah, I think I'm going into labor. Right. So at that time, you know, call my mother, you know, the whole nine years. My cousins came over, packed my bag, <laughs> and I was off to the hospital. Okay, so and I had her Sunday morning, Father's Day that year. Wow. Okay, and um, the actual delivery. How was that? Delivered her with no medication because you know, being the first time mother, I didn't want to introduce any drugs in my system that could affect my baby. I was just, you know, very bad. The book tried to do things right. It was painful. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you leave before? Um, I got to the hospital. I probably say I was, I was probably in labor probably about four or five hours before I had her. Okay. Pretty quick. Right. I think the activities the night before I helped with the speed up. <laughs> so you had a vaginal delivery? Vaginal delivery. All five girls are vaginal deliveries. Right. Okay. Definitely something to be memorable. I mean... 
you and you're still quite the dancer, right? So I know <laughs> that yes. back then when you were in your and 20s. To this day, she is quite the dancer. She is. She really is. <laughs> now that I think about it, that's probably why. That's why she loves soca so. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. And okay, so tell me a little bit about the postpartum experience. Did you experience any challenges that you didn't foresee? Because I know you did all your research with regard to prepping for the baby and all of that, but did you read or know anything about after, how to take care of yourself? Yes, I actually did. And I was blessed to have a doctor who also, you know, educated me that way as well. But if I could compare Jamaica to the States, Mm-hmm. The postpartum, even before you leave the hospital, big difference. Right. I had um, Danielle, she was my first child. They gave me a little a little cut, being your first child, so that you wouldn't tear. Right. And imagine first-hand mother going through the whole delivery process without medication. So there's a lot of pain involved right there. Yes. And then... You get cut, mm-hmm. then they stitch you. So it's, you know, a lot of pain in that general area. They take you to your room, right. you share a room with someone. And part of the healing process or to heal that area is they literally put this big old yellow looking lamp <laughs> between your legs oh, that really? apply heat to the area that's supposed to help to dry the area and help with the healing process not cute <laughs> so so how long did this lamp stay on the area oh for oh my gosh they did it like a couple times a day for the two days that i was there in the hospital and then after you went home you had to do the sitting in the salt water and whatever but from that point on i would think i suffered some amount of um depression Really? Because I went from trying to heal, can't sit down properly, getting used to, you know, dealing with a newborn, breastfeeding, your nipples getting yeah. cracked. And, oh, what a mess. Mm-hmm. But, so you went to yeah. um, baby blues. Yes, I, I, had, I had a little baby blue, plus the weight and the heat and, whew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so- in the States, mm-hmm. you... Um, you don't get the whole lamb treatment, but you, <laughs> they give you, you know, whatever ointments and creams they give you. It's just a little bit more pleasing. And at up here, having a child, you go to the hospital, you do classes, they teach you how to prep your nipple, stuff like that, that I didn't have right. when I was in Jamaica. So well, it's I literally. Mean, we don't know what they're doing in Jamaica right now. So I mean, I have... Correct, correct. No, that was a long time ago. Um, I'm quite aged. I, you know, call my grays. I am a grandmother. Yes, yes, yes. So they may very well have Lamaze classes and stuff in Jamaica. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah. So that was a good 24, 25 years of I'm talking, so... Right. So sometimes the Caribbean gets a bad rap for you know whether it's customer service um healthcare and you know we think all these bad things happen in the caribbean or only happen in the caribbean but 
I know there's something that went wrong with one of your deliveries. Tell me a little bit more about that. And this was in the United, the great United States of America. Yes. <laughs> so when I was having um, Dahlia, which was my fourth child, right? Prior to that, the previous year I had Deja. So the pain was just too fresh in my head. Yes. So I got to the hospital and I said, listen, I need the best drugs you have. I'm, I'm going to do that epidural. So another key thing I might add before I get into it is that it's very, very important to have a good relationship with your doctor, right? My doctor was Dr. Barrington Murray. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I got to the hospital and they put in the order to get the epidural done. The lady came in, she administered the medicine and I'm laying there. And then all of a sudden, now mind you, I was in the hospital with my first child, Danielle, I just started getting numb from my neck down. Like I couldn't swallow, oh my I can't move my hands. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on? Mm -hmm. So I told Danielle, go and call Dr. Murray because he had just come to check, checking on me. And he came in and I told him, listen, this is what's happening to me. Mm -hmm. And then he went, he called the, the nurse, got on their case a bit. But apparently when they did it, either they put it in the wrong section yeah. or the medicine came. It was ridiculous. But before they came in and corrected it, a nurse came to me and said, who else is here with you? Is it just um, your daughter? And I said, yes. She said, is there a priest that you... Um, a priest? You know that you want us to call? I said, a priest? I said, I'm here to have a child. What, what, what do I need a priest for? I said, could you please just go and call Dr. Murray again? <laughs> because this lady is crazy. Was she asking me if I need a priest? But I guess, you know, no, I anything don't know. can Why? go wrong. But that's not what I was trying to hear in that moment. No, so. no, it's not. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, ridiculous. But thankfully, Dr. Murray got on the case. They came in, they fixed it. And then after a few minutes, you know, what it was supposed to do, it did. But right. yeah, that was a scary moment for real. <laughs> and I must say, and you know, because of your positive experiences with Dr. Murray, I too had my son with Dr. Murray and had um wonderful experience. Um, and so thank you for that recommendation. And so it just goes to show that by just sharing information, people are able to make informed decisions about what choices they make for their Correct. pregnancy and their delivery. I also want to ask you about, because you've told me this about before, <laughs> you've told me about hemorrhoids. Oh, yes. And I don't know. Do if not move clothes. furniture six weeks after you deliver a child. Okay? Right. Which <laughs> child did you have? I can't remember. So I had, yeah, Dahlia. Oh, so the fourth one, Dahlia. Correct. And um, I was moving apartments and I probably was just about, yeah, it was right after my six week checkup. And I decided to help move um, furniture, you know, lifting up bed, dresser, you name it. And let me tell you, hmm. think cauliflower. Oh gosh. It was so bad that I could even walk. Hmm. When I went to Dr. Murray, he was like, yeah, if we don't get this under control, you're going to have to do surgery. 
But yeah, you you have to allow your body. Thankfully, I didn't. And it's, you know, I I kept my body quiet. I did not do surgery, no. But um, people don't realize the amount of changes your body goes through while going through the whole pregnancy and delivery process. So even though you may physically feel better, your body is still reshuffling all the organs where they need to be and healing, right? So even you do your six weeks checkup, you feel good, you want to exercise, you still have to kind of take it slow. You can't be doing no crazy lifting because your body will react. Yes, yes. And so what did you have to do to help reduce that? Because I know hemorrhoids is something that a lot of women experience Mm -hmm. postpartum from the pushing Mm -hmm. that downward pressure in various sizes. So what were some of the things that worked for you in helping to reduce your hemorrhoids? Well, I just used, um, they have something called tux. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it has witch witch hazel on there. So I used that. Um, and I had to use, um, the, the ointment right. mm-hmm. and I just had to literally take time off not to do much movement. Thankfully I had help with mm-hmm. Dahlia, right. so I didn't have to, you know, be off as much, but I literally had to slow down because it was, it was so bad that it was bleeding. So, yeah. Yeah, they can get really bad. So ladies, six weeks, for some of us, six weeks, you know, you feel great. You could do anything but our body. And your doctor might actually clear you to start back doing activities, which is fine. But being very mindful of moderation of your activities and how you slowly kind of get back into the groove, especially if you weren't very active before to then just try and change and jump up and do something, it will be too much for your body. So it's important that you really grade your level of activity after the six weeks, once you're given. Correct. Correct. So you have to, you have to give your, te- your, your, t- your body time to heal. Yeah. Because yeah. trust me, if it's upset, you will know. Boy. Okay. So were there any other so after that one episiotomy the first time, did you have repeated or was it just that one that you had to have done when they cut you after Daniel? No, I actually did it with all five. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so you definitely had a lot of healing to do after each um, labor and delivery. And funny enough, I, I actually should mention this. Um, so you, as you know, I had my first two in Jamaica, right? So Jamaican doctor. And then I had my other three up here and Dr. Murray is Jamaican. (laughs) So I guess what's consistent between the both of them is that they give you that um, animal before you deliver. Mm -hmm. And it makes a world of difference. Right. I I actually asked Dr. Murray, why is it that um, you do it? What he explained to me why he does the animal is that so, so that you could clean out your system because people either get a cut or they or they tear. Right. And that way, you know, you won't, the healing process down there and the fear of going won't be as much or as traumatic because yeah. he, he basically cleans out your system. Before you have to actually do how hard. So you get Correct. a few days to kind of catch yourself. 
before you have to think about something else coming out from down there. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Because with my first child, mm-hmm. that was very traumatic for me, right? Because I got the call that told me I had to go in order to leave. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't go, you know, because it, it just a stress of it all, right? And my mother, she would come to the hospital with metamucil and all of these things to try and soften up my stool so it be as bad as, you know? But it's just really very traumatic, very, very traumatic. Yeah. So I don't, I know that there is a pair that don't do it. And mm-hmm. based on what the nurses tell me at the hospital, Dr. that is like Dr. Murray's thing. So I think it's a Caribbean thing. I don't know. And as you reflect on your experience of giving birth and how it shaped the person you are today. Well, I'll go back to, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit in terms of experience, right? So I had five girls and um, my last two, I did with a epidural. I actually did the medicine. The first three, all natural. The, the middle one, the third and the fourth were a year apart. Right. So when I went to have Dahlia, which was my fourth, I definitely walked in there saying, give me the best drugs you have, right? Because I couldn't deal with that pain. Yes. And the only thing, I've been a new mom or a mom who is conscious about not wanting to um, have your kids get affected by medicine and stuff like that. I'm here to tell you it's really not that bad because literally day and night. In terms of, yes. I mean, if you saw me after I had my first three, how traumatized and swollen and aggravated I looked after having birth versus the last two, I was taking selfies. I was ready to rock and roll. I mean, you know, the hair just barely went out of place. It was, it was like wonderful, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Yeah. So don't be afraid to take the epidural. Trust me. Don't be a hero. You're going to need the energy for after. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, no, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how having these five girls changed you and, you know, shaped who you become. Oh, I love my kids. They're like my friends. It's, I don't know, you, you learn to deal with each child differently because every child has a different personality. Yes. But you just never really feel alone, honestly. And I like to see them grow and what each child has to offer and what they, you know, right. what and their how- goals are in life and what they become and so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for you, like, how has it changed you as a person having these children? Oh, well, when you have to raise five children, it really teaches you patience and how to tolerate others. I'm in customer service. I, you know, I'm a realtor as well. And just dealing with five different personalities on a daily basis, you can easily just look at a person and just say, yeah, okay, we know how we're going to navigate this one. Yes, yes. So it definitely has taught me life skills. (laughs) Now, how much do you think about your own physical health? So you would say your baby making days are behind you. Oh, Uh, way behind. (laughs) Right. So, but do you still, how much do you think about your own health now? It's funny because I think this, that question links to one of your previous questions about postpartum. Mm -hmm. I think if I um, was taught more or learned more of how to take care of myself postpartum, 
Right. Um, physically and health-wise, I probably would have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the different things, the Kegel exercises, the, you know, getting back to eating right and stuff like that. I never really right. got into all yeah. of that. And what would you say was the worst um, symptom that you experienced postpartum? I just think just the whole healing process after being um, cut. Cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're afraid to go out, you know, you don't want to use the bathroom. You feel like if you use the bathroom, everything gonna burst open. And right. so I think that's the most traumatic part for me. And it literally happened every single time. So <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so do you feel you're fully recovered now from your all your boots? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. And when would you say you started to feel like yourself again? Um, uh, I mean, it could be after yeah. each one or after you were finished with your last. Like, how soon did you start to feel like yourself? But talk, talk to me about that very first time you had. So when you had Danielle, your first, mm-hmm. how long did it take for you to feel like Jana again, physically? And um, It probably took me a good two, two to three years. Right. Two to three years because, I I mean, I lost weight and then I put on back weight and mm-hmm. I had, yeah, I had a, the first two to three years after I had her, I literally was fighting to get back to me, which I never, ever really got back to me. But mm-hmm. eventually after the three years, I lost a lot of weight to the point that my family thought I lost too much weight, but... Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to sit in that weight that I had put on because I, I put on a lot of weight with my first pregnancy. Right. And would you say there were any negative repercussions after you became a mom? So with respect to any aspect of your life, so whether it's your career, marriage, you know, anything, did was was there any negative side to me? No, I I um I've been blessed to be around, you know, my family and even friends, very, very supportive. Um, I can't say that I've had a negative experience where that is concerned. If I was to really dig deep and pick something out, say, okay, the weight gain, you know, but no negative experience, you know, even when there are days that I seem like I was a little overwhelmed, I always had somebody there to help me, Mm -hmm. always. My mother was big, big, big key in that. So I didn't have any classes that taught me how to bathe a baby and stuff like that when I had Danielle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my mother, she made arrangements. She got her friends to come over. So Aunt Margaret came over, gave me a lesson. Aunt Margaret came over, gave me a lesson. So I had a full network of support in Jamaica. I said, which made a big difference, I'm sure. Correct. And even up here, when I had um, Deja and Delia, um, I, I went through a little bit where I was a single mom. And my mother was in Jamaica. She came up, sent, spent time, and then she sent her friends over to spend time. So and Denise came from New York. She spent a couple weeks with me, and then Miss Crooks came over. So I always had a strong network. I really did, so... That's good. And that definitely probably helped with your coping. Because, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the only time that I probably felt a little sad was with my first pregnancy because now I'm 
trying I'm figuring out okay this is really what's happening and you're dealing with the pain and whatever but I wouldn't truly say that I was like depressed depressed because I had so many hands and so many people helping all the time now knowing what you know now right Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. one piece of advice you would give to your younger self knowing what I know now Mm -hmm. what advice would I give to my younger self I think I would um, probably just find out more or research more in terms of the postpartum aspect of it. Right. In regards to all of my, I, I was never sick in any of my pregnancies, so there's nothing that I would change. Right. I definitely would change the amount of eating I did in the first one. <laughs> but um, I think if I was to do it all over again, I'll do it the same way. It's I would just try to make sure that I research more on the entire process, not necessarily up to delivery. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're also a grandmother. I am. <laughs> to the sweetest little pumpkin on the earth. <laughs> what I tried you? for a boy, okay? I got five girls. No, right. I have a boy. boy. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. So what have you observed about new mothers and not necessarily just your daughter, but other new mothers now, or, you know, motherhood nowadays, how is that, how are they different from maybe how you mothered? Have you observed any differences? You know, like, I know, for instance, like my mother tells me that, you know, I'm kind of obsessive about certain things. And she wasn't like that when she was a mother. So, you know, that's just something she has noticed about our generation that we're just like, you know, they must do things in a particular order. You know, and they were a little bit more like, oh, let's just wing it and go with the flow kind of thing. Right. I think probably with me, it's it was more like um, you're going through the whole process. Okay, yes, you are pregnant and you need to take care of yourself and so forth. And you do what you have to do until you get to the finish line, right? Right. I think with the younger generation looking at Dominique, is it's more about, yes, I'm pregnant, but I'm celebrating my pregnancy. Right. So I'm doing a lot of pictures and, and marking key, you know, yeah, okay, so I'm on my first month, my second month, but, you know, they're making mental notes, they're counting down the days. Right. A lot. I mean, I was active, but there are like tons more active, you know, yeah. wearing clothes that display their belly and stuff right. like that. You know, I was in the long cover-ups and things. <laughs> So, and being pregnant is a lot cuter, I guess. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what advice would you give to expectant mothers listening to this program now? My advice would be enjoy your pregnancy, celebrate your pregnancy. It's not an illness. Mm-hmm. Um, you're actually blessed to be able to carry this miracle inside of you. Enjoy every moment. Tune into your body communicate with your 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 child mm-hmm. uh, it's funny i always play classical music and put the headphones on my stuff right. <laughs> all the kids so that it could be jamming to the music as well mm-hmm. but yeah everything you know I, I was very mindful of you know the things i said the things i thought because in my mind mm-hmm. the child is also hearing it as well so yeah you just have to be conscious of you know, who you're around, what you're around, yes. um, what you put inside your body. 
I literally gave up clubbing once I became pregnant because I didn't want to be in an area where there was a lot of cigarette smoke or anything that could affect me or the child. Mm-hmm. So my advice to them is it's not a sickness. Enjoy your pregnancy. Celebrate your pregnancy. As I, as I said before, it is truly, truly a miracle. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who don't have that opportunity to carry a child. I've been even asked to be a surrogate mom. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's truly a blessing. So enjoy. Now tell me, as we wrap up the program, I like to ask my guests to, t- to choose a song that best represents their journey to motherhood. So pregnancy, birthing, delivery, postpartum, the whole thing. What song comes to mind? You are my sunshine. Well, you are the sunshine of my life. Yeah. Because literally, when you're going through the whole um, labor and delivery and the pain and whatever, that's it. Once that child comes out, it just all turns off. And whatever emotions were there prior, as opposed to in that moment, mm-hmm. yeah. they're my sunshines. Oh, even to this day, they still are. <laughs> right. I hope they're listening because you know, <sighs> may not be their best friend at that point in time. They'd be like, hmm. But they're like, I don't know. That was a hot sunshine moment. <laughs> Yes, well, Jana, thank you so much for sharing your good stories with us. And And thanks for having me, Dr. Otley Allen. You're most welcome. And I really hope that the guests are able to take some words of wisdom from you, apply to their lives and, you know, ensure that their journey to motherhood is the best possible version of a pregnancy journey that they can have. So thank you. And, you know, until we meet again, which probably be like tomorrow or something. (laughs) But yeah, so Bye. bye.